Our readings today, as we continue our way through our Easter season, they bring up the question in our first reading on the Acts of the Apostles of what the role of the church ends up being. The second reading raises the question of what it looks like for us to be transformed and changed in the living of our faith. And in the gospel passage, we hear about what it means to belong to Jesus, to belong to our God, to be his, to be made ready for the gift of communion with him forever in heaven. And in that first reading that we have here today, we had an issue that was brought forward. And the issue was that the Hellenists, the Greek speakers, were complaining that the Hebrews, the Hebrew speakers, were getting preferential treatment. And the Greek speakers, the widows, who would normally be a part of the daily distribution of the bread, giving them something to sustain themselves, that they were being ignored or that they just simply were being neglected or just simply they weren't being served the way that they needed to be served. And so the church, the members of the church in this young community that had added thousands of believers since the resurrection of Jesus is now trying to figure out how to deal with this problem of part of their community not being fed, literally not being fed. And yet, what comes forward, the discernment of the Holy Spirit, is that that is not the job of the professionals, of the apostles. That, it, that all of the responsibilities for that, don't, for the leading of a community and the supporting of a community, do not fall 100% upon the apostles in the leading of the church. They've discerned and they have their role for leading the community in faith, and that raises up then the group of the deacons to help and assist in the serving within the church. And for the first group of deacons, apart from Stephen and Philip, it seems as if the primary requirement for them to be named as a deacon is that they had to have a name that was difficult to pronounce 2,000 years later. But what we have was the calling forward of a new group to be able to help and to be able to support. And their primary role was in the distribution then, the acts of service that were, a part, that were a part of the church. But what's important to remember is that the issue was brought forward by the church community as a whole. That there are people that are not being fed. That means that the responsibility for being able to lead and to guide the ability for the community to be able to be fed and taken care of, that that wasn't something that only belonged with the leadership. It was something that needed to be brought forward by the members of the community of faith, that it takes everybody within the community of faith to make sure that the things are done. If we think about what that means for us in our day, in our day and time, the apostles would be the first priests, first bishops within the church, but that sense of being able to say that when we talk about evangelization within our church, being able to reach out and to invite people into a deeper experience of faith or people who have fallen away or people who maybe have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, to be able to invite them in, that's not just 
the priest's job as the professional. It's not just the deacon's job as an ordained minister, you know, or any of the members of the church staff. The invitation gets made by the people that happen to be near them, happen to be with them side by side, whether it's a question of getting a cup of coffee or whether it's somebody that perhaps we run into on a regular basis when we're doing our work and they're doing theirs. That invitation to have a conversation means that each and every one of us has a concern to make sure that the community, that our faith community that we've been given, that is a gift for us, that people are spiritually fed. That the mission of what we're called to do and what we need to do is something that makes sure that we look to how can we all contribute to making sure that the spiritual needs of our community are met in a way that allows us to be able to ourselves be supported in authentically witnessing in the larger world in which we live. The second reading that we have today talks about us being living stones and this idea that as the members of the community of faith that we have a role to play in the building up of the body of Christ to be built into a spiritual edifice, a spiritual house where God is meant to come and to dwell. Now there's something that you kind of have to chuckle a little bit about how images sometimes are a little impractical when they come into reality. Because the idea of a living stone is that it's able to, is that it's able to grow and to be reshaped and to be reformed and that it's alive, it lives and it breathes. And, you know, if you're building a house and your building materials are growing and getting bigger or smaller, it's hard to make sure that you got a wall that stands straight. Or even just, or even just when we have, you know, cracks that show up in the road, a little bit of water that freezes in there makes the crack a little bigger and bigger, you know, over the time, over the course of the season of the year. Or even in a shed or a shop where the metal material expands over the summer and you, if you're in there at the right moment, you can just hear the groaning of the building as it stretches just a little bit, where the doors don't quite open and close as easily as they did when, in the winter when things swell a little bit. The building materials have to take into account what does it mean for it to be living and breathing in some way, shape, or form, or that it can be changed. But to think about us as living stones being built into a spiritual house the gift of that is that we don't have to be identical, that we don't have to be the same. And that that's part of the gift of being who we are. You know, that we fit together, God has fit us together. It's a sign that the Holy Spirit is at work, that everyone that's gathered together in our community of faith may not be people that we would associate with or be friends with if we didn't have Jesus being the centering or the reason that we would get together. You know, in my experience in seminary, we would have a large group of people that would be from various places across the United States, um, sometimes other countries as well. And, you know, you notice that they were not all, we were not all identical within the group. And you could see that people had their own personalities, they had their own strengths and gifts, and uh, had their own, like, foibles, quirks, weaknesses, all of that sort of stuff. We'd sometimes say that, you know, we were studying to be, you know, characters of priestly character, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, being in an environment like that, um, 
you kind of look and you can see, well, I mean, it was clear to me at that moment that when I was in the seminary environment, I was probably the only normal person there. But <clears throat> what ends up being part of that truth and reality is that we, our uniqueness is part of what is built together. And sometimes in seminary, we could be in a competitive sort of environment, you know, Am I better prepared or am I in a better space than somebody else? You know, um, some of my classmates, they uh, teach their professors and teach at universities and they teach and they teach at uh, in seminary programs for the next generation of priests. Some got asked, uh, they have great skills with language and such, and they were asked to serve in the Vatican Diplomatic Corps to help and support the church in different areas around the world. Some are were called to become lawyers for under church law structures. And, you know, most of us were studying to be parish priests. But the places that we're called to serve as parish priests can very different, very can be very different from one part of the country to another. So studying to be a parish priest in Boston or New York City is a little different than being a parish priest in the Archdiocese of Omaha, Nebraska. I wouldn't want to go there. And, you know, after all, Nebraska's not for everyone. They might not want to come here. But there's that chance of being able to say, if I'm in a competition or I'm saying, am I prepared the way that my seminary professor friend is prepared to, to teach or to be in that type of situation or environment, I've taken my focus off of Jesus. I've taken my focus off of who I've been called to be or where I've been called to serve. And I start getting myself in a competition that really doesn't serve me or anyone. I'm called to be faithful to the vocation, the particular way in which the Lord is working within my own life. And I think sometimes within our life of faith as, as believers, we can sometimes get into a spot where we try to quantify our faith by looking at somebody else's expression of lived faith. And sometimes we can look and we can say, well, you know, is my faith strong or is my faith weak? Well, my faith doesn't look like that person's faith. That person is really strong in faith. That person's got it together. That person's able to trust God. They're able to say the right prayers. They know what's going on. And we can say those things. We can make those projections. We can make those approximations without really knowing what's going on in another person's heart. But when we compare ourselves to what we see or what we sense, it robs us of the ability to keep our eyes focused on the Lord because faith at its root is a relationship between us and God. So my relationship with God isn't going to be the same as somebody else's. God didn't intend for us to be clones. He intended us to be who we are. But the fact that we're a living stone means that we can be altered and changed by his grace and by his love by forgiveness, redemption, conversion, all of these things that happen within our lives mean that we continue to be shaped and reshaped to be who God has formed us and made us to be. And what we hear then is that Jesus, in claiming us and calling us, also makes us for himself. It means that we're, we're meant to belong in the Lord's house and God, God has a room ready for us that's getting, or that's getting ready for us so that we have the ability to enter into the deep experience of full communion with him. That's what heaven is. And our road on the here and now is meant to help us be ready and be, grow in our ability to be open and to accept that grace within our lives. 
And our story doesn't have to be the same as somebody else's story. It's not going to be. But what we know is that the Lord, as the, as the Savior and the Redeemer and the things that he's prepared for us, the love that he has for us, that we know that we can always count on. That the grace of God extended to us is always going to be something that continues to help us go forward. We ultimately want to go where the Lord is going to lead and guide us. Sometimes discerning or trying to figure out exactly what that looks like or exactly what that is can be a real challenge and attention. But as we follow the, the road that the Lord puts out for us, that the Lord marks for us, and as we come back to the Lord as a community of faith to be fed here at the altar, when we receive the gift of the Eucharist and when we receive the support that we have, after all, being a spiritual edifice, being a spiritual house, it means that we're given the gift of a community where we can lean on each other, we can help and we can support each other, we can encourage each other in our moments and times and our ups and downs and those places of faith. But we allow the Lord to be the source of our strength, and we allow the Lord to be the one who seems to dictate the journey, the direction that we are called to go. And we ask that we would, be, that we would continue to be open to being changed by his grace, being built into the living stone, shaped the way that the Lord would have us be shaped to be a faithful and effective member of, the, of God's community recognizing that each and every one of us has that call, has that invitation, has that vocation to live our faith, to walk the walk, and to allow the Lord to be transformative for us, for our family, for our communities. But we let the Lord be the one who ultimately uh, prepares us and makes us ready for that gift of communion that gift of heaven. Amen.